Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Children of incarcerated parents. That's my topic. You know, we pay a high price. Kids pay a high price for crime. Kids that have parents who are incarcerated suffer from that experience the rest of their life and the effects that that has upon them. This is a major problem in our community, in our country. You know, and we're not particularly addressing it very well. This is, we're doing that a little bit, but we're not doing much. The church is doing a little bit, but not very much. Community agencies are doing a little bit, but not very much. This is a population of kids that suffer, suffer greatly, and suffer over a long period of time the rest of their life, actually. Let's look at some of the data. Let's just look at the numbers, okay? Listen carefully to these numbers, okay? Here's the average incarcerated female. Now she's 27 years of age. That's the average. She's been unemployed. She is from an ethnic minority. She is from an underprivileged background, okay? That's the average woman who's incarcerated today. However, in addition, comma, and this is the sad part, she is often a single mother with two or three children. Now, that's where the rub comes in. Sure, she can be incarcerated if she's in, engaged in inappropriate social behavior, but she incarcerates her children into a social world of the underground at the same time. And unless somebody comes and plucks them out and saves them, they will be a victim of her crime and of her incarceration. That's a sad story. The national statistics indicate that 56% of the male inmates and 80% of female inmates are parents. 56% of men, 80% of women are parents as they become incarcerated. What happens to these kids? What's the effect on these kids? Well, nearly 7% of women actually give birth while incarcerated. So you add that layer you know, as well, 7% of women incarcerated give birth during their incarceration. So we have a number of children then who are not only born, but are born incarcerated themselves and have to be somehow raised and extricated out of that incarceration environment into a normalized environment. And that's the job of CPS. Interestingly, California in 2020 reported that the highest percentage of women incarcerated are in California as compared to any of the other states of the United States of America. California has the highest percentage of women incarcerated. Now that's really sad, isn't it? That that's the status of the state of California. We are not doing much in the California to prevent parents from being incarcerated, mothers from being incarcerated, women from being incarcerated. It is estimated that 900,000, approximately, that's about 9% of the children in California, have a parent who's involved in the criminal justice system. Can you imagine that? This is just California. 900,000, that's 9% of the children in California, have a parent involved in the criminal justice system. And then when you look at it nationally, the average is something like 10 million children have parents incarcerated at some point in time in their life. 10 million kids go through this experience of life having their parents ripped away from them because of the parents' criminal behavior. Parents didn't even give thought to the effects on their children and how they behave. You know, nationally, it's 10 million. So we have a large number of children who now enter into the public system of the juvenile justice system and of the criminal justice system 
of America and particularly in the state of California. Now, that's a sad story, isn't it? That's a lot of kids and that's a lot of problems, a lot of problem kids. Because we know what happens, you know, to these kids when their parents live a life of crime and then when they're incarcerated. Consider this, okay? Long before the arrest of their parents, these children have very high risk factors in life. They have involvement in criminal activity. They often link with substance abuse, mental illness, poverty, homelessness, and family violence. See? These children tend to come from homes in which there have been prior uh, criminality within that home, and it prevails within that home. These kids know what instability is all about. These kids know what domestic violence is all about. These kids know what drug addiction is all about. These kids know what alcohol addiction is all about. These kids are sophisticated in the effects of crime through their parents' criminal behavior. Kids often as young as three and four and five and six and eight and ten and twelve and so on. Young kids understand, know firsthand what it's like to live within a community of criminality and their parent being part of that community of criminality. And then they themselves experience this in the life of their parents, in the life of their friendships of the parents, and they go on living that way themselves. So those are kind of pre-existing factors that are involved in, the, or the children are involved in, prior to their parent becoming incarcerated. But look at it from the point of view of the parent being incarcerated. Once a parent is incarcerated, most of their children, now remember, there are two or three kids per child, or per parent. Most of these children, then, are separated from their family, and they undergo negative development. They undergo behavioral and emotional problems of all kinds. They experience depression. They experience traumatic stress. They experience poor educational experience. They experience poor health development. These are kids of incarcerated parents. They have all kinds of negative developmental experiences, negative educational experiences, negative social experiences, negative neighborhood experiences. And obviously they have an elevated risk factor to do the same thing themselves. Kids, parents who are incarcerated, have a five time more likelihood of ending up incarcerated themselves. And approximately one in 10 will be incarcerated as a juvenile below age 18. So, prior to their parents' arrest and incarceration, they live a life that is of substance abuse, mental illness, homelessness, family violence, and so on. While their parents are incarcerated, they live a life of grief and attachment problems, aggression, concentration problems, depression, traumatic stress, all kinds of learning problems, social problems. They almost have to fend for themselves. And then as they move into the future, they have a five time more likelihood that they will end up incarcerated. Can you imagine that? We have a problem. Our crime problem is a problem in itself. But this is the fallout of the crime problem that we face in America. The kids of criminals. Unfortunately, most criminals, the average age of criminals, is in the mid-20s. And they have two to three children 
under their care and under their supervision that now fall to the state you know to do something about it now the state sets up foster homes the state sets up group homes you know the state sets up uh, CPS kind of arrangements where a child can be cared for by an extended family member or can be cared for by a friend or can be cared for by somebody who cares you know for them there are these options however these kids often don't come into these kinds of situations all the time or very easily they often end up in some kind of a welfare group home where there is no attachment with anyone they have workers that work an eight-hour shift and then another eight-hour shift and then another eight-hour shift and people just come and go out of their lives the turnover in these kind of homes is great people work for a couple months or a couple years and they're gone and these kids experience time after time this rejection this absence this removal from their life this this departure from their life and they begin to live with the idea that now no one cares for them no one's going to be with them there's going to be no one has that stability no one's going to be with them for the rest of their life they're on their own they live a life of detachment unengagement aloneness and they find themselves doing the same thing that they learned from their parents and that is to engage in criminal activity and then they go back into the system of the prison system and that's where they live their life many times over and over and over again you know interestingly I just learned of a church in the city in which I live that has a program and it is devoted to helping parents adopt these kinds of kids first they become foster homes foster parents and then they become adoptive parents and then those kids become part of that family and this particular church has many families that have adopted children so when these families get together which they do periodically these kids begin to form bonds and these kids who get to form relationships because they are among people and among kids of similar background and similar experience and they bond they relate to each other because they understand each other they know what each other's going through I commend this program to other churches I commend this program to other organizations whether that be Lions or Kiwanis or other kinds of social groups and civic groups advocate for children being adopted advocate for foster parents stepping into the gap advocate for homes being set up group homes can be set up with these kids and provide some stability provide some ongoing stability for these get them out of the criminal world get them out of the criminal neighborhood get them out of the criminal family and extended family relationships cut them off from crime cut them off from people of crime cut them off from family members of crime and get them into a home where they have some potential future that's what it's all about children of incarcerated parents it's a tough one and these kids need every bit of creative thinking that we can come up with as a community 
to save them, and to rescue them, and to bring them to a higher plane of living so they can be educated and have a social experience that's positive and can have a religious experience that's positive and can have an opportunity for future education and future occupational development. That's what it's all about. Otherwise, we throw these kids to the curb and they just repeat the pattern of their parents. So thanks for joining me today on the uh, podcast. It's a tough topic, but I encourage you to give some thought to it. Share this podcast with somebody that is thinking about being a foster parent. Share this program with somebody that might, might be interested, and you think you might have them be interested, or you want them to give some consideration to it. Market this a little bit. Advocate for these kids a little bit. Here's my book. Go to my website, www.booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up the book there, Lessons from My Father. 77 Lessons that we can learn and that we, have, that we can learn from each other as parents and from our fathers as they have all taught to their own children. So, I recommend it to you. And um, pick it up, www.booksbyhedberg.com, Lessons from my father. Thanks for joining me, and bye for now.